I'm going to be wearing the teacher hat this morning. It's an honor to be able to share the first message of 2022. Uh, and I'm going to be sharing one of the teachings that are kind of foundational here at Crossroads through the years uh, because we've had so many new folks come in, and it's one that we keep going back to. Uh, and so my, my challenge is going to be trying to fit it into the time frame because we usually take a whole weekend for this. But hopefully I'll give you a taste of it. But before I do that, I do have just two words uh, that I feel like the Lord wants me to, to share. And the first one, I just feel like he wants me to speak this into your spirit. It's been a phrase that has uh, really come the last couple of weeks in, in my own heart. And I, I have a feeling he's going to share more about it. But it's awaken to love. The enemy has been hard at work to try to rob us of our joy to rob us of the reality of the goodness of God, that he is good, that he is perfect love. Every circumstance seems to rob us of that. And I really believe that this, uh, this coming year, is he's awakening something. We can't earn it. We can't work for it, but it is a grace. And so I just want your spirit to receive this, to awaken to love that which the Father has already placed within you because we are hardwired for love. We are hardwired to be passionate about the Lord Jesus because he's passionate about us. And so I just speak that into your spirit that you will awaken to that love of his love for you, your love for him, and love for one another. There's a passion of the Lord. You know, this is about covenant. Uh, you know, when we take the communion, the, the passion of Christ, he is a faithful God because he's all about covenant. And the other word that, that kind of goes along with that is I had a very uh, specific dream a couple of weeks ago about the nation. I go into it in depth on a YouTube video. But um, basically, the, the word is our eyes will see what our ears have only heard. In other words, so many things that we've wondered about, what's really going on behind the scenes? You know, who's really in charge? And what's, what are these agendas that are happening? What's, what's going on? Where's the justice for some of these things that we see happening? And the word in that dream was very clear, the Lord's assurance. Your eyes will see what you've heard, what you've sensed in your spirit, because he wants us to settle any doubts. There's going to be unity that are, that's going to come because he, he's at work. And, and there is a time when, when we're going to see that and, and be grateful for it. So with that, I want to get into this uh, teaching. You'll, hopefully everyone have gotten this sheet. Uh, it wasn't just the normal back of the bulletin or whatnot fit. So it's front and back. Uh, there's extra ones out. Uh, if, no one has, if you haven't gotten one, raise your hand and Chris can bring you a copy. This is just a, a general outline uh, and there actually will be more resources uh, on our website. After today's message, uh, you'll be able to go uh, to the sermons, and there's going to be some attachments there. I'll, I'll tell you about them at the end. But some extra materials, because this is really kind of a full teaching. But the reason that I wanted to share it is, you know, as we come into this year, we've learned, because of what we've been walking through, of how important it is that, that we stick together and that we need each other, that the body of Christ must rise up. We've got to engage with our culture. We have to engage in the public square and become witnesses, living illustrations of who Jesus is. And just on a very practical uh, level, we, learn, we need to learn how to work together and to recognize the gifts that each one of us have. And this teaching, uh, this, the seven spiritual gifts of the Father is taken from Romans 12, and this teaching has really revolutionized my own life. It's, 
our, our family did this together a number of years ago, and our, our staff and the elder team, we've, we've all embraced this because it has become a powerful tool, not only in learning what each one of us carry, just a grace of God, but to recognize it in each other. You may wonder sometimes, why does this person always, always respond like this? Or why are they always saying this? And sometimes we can get irked by that. But we don't recognize that there's actually a grace on their life in a default mode that we're all in, in terms of how we process things, how we relate to each other. And if we can see the gift that is in that, it'll help us to give a lot more grace to one another because we'll realize, well, that's why that person is always like that, is because they have this gift. And so this is what's helped me, even in, in working in various places in the body of Christ, is to recognize and honor those gifts. And my prayer is, especially if you've heard this kind of teaching before, that it's not just going to be helping you to get in touch again with the grace of God on your life, but maybe some people that you're having a hard time with right now and you don't quite understand why they're wired they, the way they are, that Holy Spirit's gonna give you some insight this morning and that you can begin to recognize, wow, that's part of Jesus coming through, okay? So with that, I wanted to start out with this graph uh, that's on the backside uh, of your paper and just to compare the three different sets of gifts that are listed in scripture. Uh, the gifts of the Father, gifts of the Son, and gifts of the Spirit. Now, we're most familiar with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that's in 1 Corinthians 12. And those are what we would term the manifestation gifts. They, they manifest because they're tangible. It's in the moment spontaneous uh, gifts of the Spirit that are given to bless others, to minister to others. It might be a gift of healing. It might be a word of encouragement, a word of wisdom. It might be a word of prophecy. Those gifts are available to all of us as believers because Holy Spirit is within us. So that's gifts of the Holy Spirit. Then there's gifts of the Son. And this is from Ephesians 4 where it says Jesus gave the church these five gifts. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Well, these are leadership gifts. Some would call, they, they have the mantle uh, where the gifts of the Spirit is a manifestation. This is a mantle gift. It's a call to leadership in these five gifts. Jesus exemplified all five of these gifts. But these are given as leaders to equip the body, to inspire the body of Christ that we would grow up together. That's the purpose of the gifts of the Son. But now the gifts of the Father that are in Romans 12, this is given to every human being because God the Father at birth put within you, he marked you spiritually, your DNA with an aspect of who he is an aspect of who Jesus uh, was when he walked the earth and, and the heart and character of God the Father. He put within each of his creation, sons and daughters, a unique grace that illustrated who he was to be a blessing. And so this is what we're going to look at. And it's taken from Romans 12, 6 to 8. And so I'm going to read this. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in proportion to your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage or exhort, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead or rule, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. 
So here these are seven different aspects, characteristics of who God is that are given as gifts. And notice when it says it's a grace. Grace means it's not hard. You don't strive for it. You don't work for it. When you have a grace on your life, it's going to seem easy. This is why many times we don't re realize the gifts that we have is because it just seems so normal to us. But to someone else, they're going to see, man, you're just such an encourager. That's a real gift. It's because there's a grace on their life. And so that's a beautiful thing of how God is the one who determines this grace on each one of us. So what I'm going to do very briefly in the time that I have is to go through each of these seven gifts and give you just a general overview of what they look like. Why are these a gift to the body? And perhaps you can identify with uh, one uh, or more of them more than the others. Obviously, we should be walking in all of these because Jesus is within us and we want to uh, illustrate who Jesus is. But there's probably going to be one or two that really stand out that, man, that's, that's really my how I think. That's how I process life. And again, like I said, perhaps there's others in your family or in the workplace that you're going to all of a sudden realize that's, that's something they carry. So the first one that we're going to look at is profit. Now here, this is a good one to start off with because I can describe the difference between this gift of the Father and, say, the office of profit, the gift of Jesus. Because the, the office gift of Jesus that really is a leadership gift that's only given to some. And the gift of the Spirit that's a gift of prophecy, that's just a spontaneous, you know, in the moment that's available to all. This is really talking more about a personality kind of uh, perspective. Again, how you view life, how you process things. It doesn't even mean that you prophesy. Although I will say in this gift, notice it says prophesy according to your faith. So if you carry this gift of a prophet, what you speak is very important because it has weight. And it has to be in accordance with your faith in the Lord, your conviction, you know, of hearing his heart. And this is also very key in all of these gifts, as I describe them, that we need to be motivated out of a heart of love. Because some of these gifts, or well, all of these gifts, we, we can walk in in a carnal way. There, there's a, if you go into the in-depth teaching, you know, in each one of these, if it's not redeemed by Jesus, they come out twisted. That's why we have to have a love for the Lord and a love for others. That's when it's going to be a gift. So the purpose of the prophet, the prophet stirs believers towards excellence by calling them higher into kingdom realities. If I would describe the prophet, it would be that they are always pursuing the highest and best. The gift of the prophet to the church, this personality kind of profile, if you are a prophet, you're always wanting the highest and the best. You want the real thing. You want to know what God has. And you're always wanting to go up higher. And so you have a high standard for excellence, for doing things well, for doing them right. And it comes from that heart that you want God's best. So you're always pursuing the highest and best. I would even term this this uh, gift, kind of like the quality control managers of the body of Christ. Now, obviously, that can be a gift, but it can be a curse, too, okay? Because prophets can, they're going to come across critical, and that's the downside, because they're always evaluating. Is this true? Is this right? Is this, is this the best? And so that's why our heart has to be guarded with love, 
I mean, I identify with this gift. And so you have to make sure, wait a minute, rather than saying this is wrong, it should be this way, I want to say, oh, look what God has for us. Oh, let's go up higher. You know, this may be the reality now, but what else does God have for us? So this is the gift, is to be able to judge and evaluate what we do, how we do it, that we really can be at our best. And so the, the prophet, if you identify with, with this gift, um, you wanna, you're looking at honesty, integrity, transparency, all of those things that should call each one of us higher as believers uh, in Christ. And uh, prophets are also, they can be very creative and innovative uh, because they're not afraid to think outside the box uh, in that way. And again, what we speak uh, has, has real power. Now, I've also put within each one of these gifts just an example from Scripture, someone that exemplified that. Uh, and I put here Silas, and then I gave a Scripture reference. I mean, it says that he was a prophet. Of course, that was an office gift. And these oftentimes go together. But uh, again, the purpose of, of this gift is to call others up higher and to keep our hearts guarded in love. Now, the second gift is that of a servant. And the gift of servant brings great blessing, comfort, and healing by displaying unconditional mercy and grace. And I had to put, if there's any Bible example, you, you can't do any better than Jesus. And I think the reason it connects so well is because we realize what he laid down in order to serve. And that really is the heart of someone who is gifted as a servant. You will help without hesitation. That's really the primary characteristic, is a servant loves to help, loves to serve. You don't think twice about it. If someone asks for help, you're like, okay, how, how can I do this? I'll, I'll try to come. And for the servant, doing that brings great joy to see others blessed. And a servant isn't concerned about getting credit. They're very content to be behind the scenes. I just want to see that it happens, that it's done well. I want to do my part. And thank God, you know, we have servants within the body of Christ. It, it's not just a gift of helps. It really is led by a heart of love from the Lord to build up the body. And so servants, they're usually very optimistic. They'll see the best in others because they're always looking, how can I make things better? How can I make things easier? And an interesting thing about this gift is because a servant's heart is so much towards others and not building their own kingdom, it's, uh, some teachers have stated that uh, the Lord will actually entrust a servant with more responsibility than any of the other gifts because they're so trustworthy. That's a pretty high honor that the Lord would entrust a servant because the Lord knows your heart, that you're not out to seek fame uh, or reputation but that you're there to serve. So it truly is a gift. And I put in there, uh, as I said, Jesus was the example. The third gift is teacher. And the gift of teacher equips believers to walk in truth and pursue the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. If you're a teacher, you love to learn and you love to know information and details. The chief characteristic of a teacher is to seek truth with integrity. It's very important for teachers to have integrity. But if you're a teacher, you probably love reading, you probably, you just love learning new things all the time. And you wanna know the details. You wanna go deep, 
and you love to share what you've learned with others, even just reading and that whole process of, of gaining that understanding, it brings joy to you. And because there is a, a grace upon your life to learn and to you know, uh, put all these thoughts together, there also is a grace to help others understand. And so if your gift is a teacher, you have an ability to explain things in a way that makes sense. You can take complicated things and make them sound easy. That's a real gift. That's a grace of the Lord on your life because your heart is you want others to understand. And so you're, you're again, you're, you're processing all of this because you want the truth. You want to know what's real. Now, the downside of a teacher is that we can get focused on the letter of the law instead of the spirit of the law because you're so focused on the details and making sure it's right that you know, can sometimes forget the spirit of it. Uh, this is why teachers and prophets can sometimes butt heads because a prophet is more intuitive, you know, and concepts and ideas. We don't already have, we don't always proof text everything where the teacher is, okay, where is that? What does it say? How does it look? I don't know. I just know it's God, you know? So you learn these, these ways of, of working. You know, when I worked at Intercessors for America, one of my editors, I, the Lord showed me, he was a teacher. And initially I was so frustrated because he would flag everything I would write, you know, because it was these big concepts. And I felt like he was, he's just a religious spirit and he was coming after me. No, I realized he's a teacher and that's part of how he was wired. And so as we sat down and shared our hearts, we just came to a beautiful, you know, understanding of each other's gifting. And from there, it just totally transformed into a, a real beautiful collaboration. So it's an example of how just understanding, you know, what the Holy Spirit is doing, that, that we can work together. And of course, the Apostle Paul is a wonderful example in the New Testament of a teacher uh, that really wanted the body of Christ to understand. The fourth gift listed is exhorter. The gift of exhorter inspires and motivates others to be steadfast in their faith. If you're an encourager and an exhorter, you love being around people. You love people. You just want to inspire people. You want to encourage people. You want them to see the best of things, not the worst of things. And this is the gift. You inspire others to enjoy the journey. Even when things are hard, you just know how to lift up and, and give that kind of encouragement. They're oftentimes a magnet for enthusiasm. Now, because they love people, exhorters can often tend, they don't mind being the center of attention because they're just always trying to get people together and let's have fun. They're kind of the life of the party kind of person, right? Or they just want everyone to be having a good time, to connect, uh, to enjoy life. And so because of that, an exhorter also has a grace to connect people, to be a networker, because they're always looking at how can we connect? How can I, oh, you need to meet this person. Uh, and they have the grace to even overlook maybe some sin issues that a prophet might, you know, point to. An exhorter just, oh no, well, let's just, let's get along. We can do this, you know? And so that's a grace of the exhorter. Now, for those of you, I have to point out, if any of you have been with Crossroads for any amount of time, a real-life example is in our own congregation, Peter Solito. And if Peter is watching online, we love you, we miss you. Uh, if you're in his presence for two, three minutes, and you just feel so built up, you know, just a real encourager, that's the gift. You know, Barnabas in the New Testament, his name was son of encouragement because he was just known as that kind of person. 
And I can't help but mention uh, another person is President Trump. If you wonder why he's holding all these rallies, oh, let's get together. You know, let's have a party. I mean, I, I saw that early on. Uh, you know, in his life, that he is a classic exhorter, networker. That's uh, really a grace because not everybody can do that. So praise God for that gift of exhorter. The next one is giver. And the gift of the giver increases the capacity of others to steward the abundance of the Father's house. There is a grace on a giver just to remind us of how lavish the Father is of the abundance of the Father, and there's a grace for them to both give as well as to receive. Some of this is the principle of sowing and reaping, because as you sow, that's what you're gonna reap. And so oftentimes, a gift of a giver, even in their generosity, their generous spirit, it's not just money, it's time, talents, whatever, they just want to give. Because of that, they often receive quite a lot. And I can say this is one of Bobby's strongest redemptive gifts. And I've seen this exemplified through the years over and over again. He has a grace on his life to just, he loves to be generous with, with people. But he also has this ability to find good deals, to just find uh, everything, resources. I mean, we've had it in cars, we've had it in houses, we've had you know, anything that needs fixing. He just has this ability to find good resources and to find good deals. Now, I've... I may just have given you a new job description here for the church. <laughs> but uh, I see this in others' lives who, who exemplify this. Uh, and it's this heart, though, of, of seeing all that the Father has given us and wanting others to also receive that. So it enlarges our inheritance. That's really what the Father wants, is that we realize what, what God has given us. And so a, a giver also has a grace to, to uh, be an entrepreneur sometimes and to start new ideas, always keeping in mind, how can we, you know, build and interestingly build our legacy, okay? This is part of Crossroads. It, it comes with that DNA because we realize what the Father has, has given to us. Abraham is an example of a giver in the Old Testament. It's, you know, if you follow his story, in the, in the Old Testament, it says wherever Abraham want, went, everyone was blessed. And, I mean, he was very, very wealthy. And so oftentimes, you know, we, we can track that, that usually those who have a lot, it's because they have this grace and gift. God can entrust that to them because they're such givers. Number six is the leader or ruler. Some interpretations say ruler. And the gift of the ruler is to establish godly leadership for greater generational blessing. Now, this is actually my primary motivational gift, even more than prophet and teacher. Those are always kind of my top three. But this, someone who has this grace as a leader, obviously, you know, there, there's a, the ability to lead. But more than that, it's thinking big picture. It's just how I process life, I'm always looking at, you know, the body of Christ and what is God doing, you know, in the nation and on the earth. And so even when I prophesy or teach, it's really always unto that. It's not just because I want to prophesy. It's because there is within you as a ruler or leader this desire. God has given you a big picture. He's given you a vision. And it's like everything is, that's what motivates you. I want to see that vision. So obviously, obviously a leader is a visionary. You're going to have big ideas. You're going to see things that others don't see. 
You're an empire builder. Uh, and because of the grace, God's also given you the ability to know how to get it done, how to delegate, how to build a team, what kinds of resources are going to be necessary. There's a skill to, to know how to manage that people can be effective in what they're called to do. Oftentimes, a leader can, can even thrive under pressure. Now, you think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah in the Old Testament was a leader. He helped to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem, and he was under a lot of opposition. But because of the grace on his life, he could withstand that opposition. That's the grace of someone who carries that gift of leader, is even when everything is coming against, they have a conviction of that vision that God has given, and that's what they are faithful to. So that's, uh, obviously, we need more and more of these kinds of leaders, not only in the church, but in the workplace, you know, in the public square, in government. And this is why we continue to pray that uh, God raises up these kinds of gifts in the earth that we can lead the way in demonstrating this is what it can look like when it's redeemed by the Lord. It can actually be a blessing. The last one, number seven, is a gift of mercy. And the gift of mercy is to impart a tender heart towards God's creation. If you are a mercy and you have this grace, you, you probably have a very soft spot in your heart because you, you are created to demonstrate the compassion of the Lord. You just love other people. And what I've noticed uh, about mercy-centered people is they are often very safe to be around because you just have the ability to love unconditionally. A mercy can bypass big sin issues or, or theological problems because it's just such a desire to show the love of God, unconditional. And because of that, mercy people are usually safe people to be around. If you're mercy, because of your sensitive heart, I've, I've noticed too, it's very easy for you to connect with Holy Spirit. That is a gift that the enemy will probably try to come against, okay? Because it's really a grace on your life is there is a sensitivity. You have the capacity of a sensitive heart towards the Holy Spirit uh, that even will be very effective in prayer, in intercession, very powerful, and even in counseling, all those things that are part of the grace with that gift. And when a mercy is in the room, there's, just, there's comfort and there's safety. You, you feel safe and secure with mercy. And of course, Jesus you know, extended that mercy to us on the cross, and it's that compassion of the Lord uh, that always sees the best in others and is willing to do whatever it takes. Uh, to see God's, God's plans, you know, come to pass. David in the Old Testament, even though he was a man of war, he exemplified mercy. And one of the stories is when he was in the cave and he had the opportunity to kill Saul, who had really taken his crown. But he would not. It says, I, I can't touch the Lord's anointed. But it was because of his heart of mercy of realizing that the sensitive heart of God that extended mercy even to his enemy. That is really the heart of mercy, is that even in the midst of injustices, it just shows the unfailing mercies of God. And this is a gift that we need to be reminded of at times. You know, when, when we're fearful of judgment or condemnation, the mercy is able to show us his love never, never fails. 
the Apostle John actually was also another uh, example. Uh, he was known as the disciple that always you know, leaned on, on Jesus' breast of just that, that mercy heart. So these seven gifts, again, they're all different aspects of who Jesus was, of who he is. My guess is you probably identify with one or two, maybe more than another. And the whole point, again, is to recognize the grace that's on your life, that you yourself are a gift. You have been given a God-given capacity to, to be a blessing to those, first in your family, at your job, in the body of Christ. And my prayer is that, you know, as I've shared just a little bit of this, that it has reawakened within you the reality of what God has put in you. Now, the challenge is, are we walking in the fullness of that gift? Or, are, you know, are we letting our own flesh rob us of the joy of that gift, where it could be a blessing? Because sometimes, you know, even as I describe my own gifts, I've had to learn they, both, they have blessing, but if I let the flesh rule, then it won't be a blessing. So for each one of us, it's this scripture that I put in here from Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. It says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. It's not God's responsibility to build us up. We're supposed to be building each other up in love. And part of that begins with recognizing and honoring the gifts that we each have and who we are. And what I want to encourage you to do is to not only learn to walk in this yourself, but to ask the Holy Spirit, those that you walk with, those that you live with, to give you eyes of the Spirit to see the gift that they are. Again, we don't recognize what we carry, and many times it's others that call, call that out. And wouldn't it be amazing if we all just began to really commend one another for the grace of God on our lives? Thank you for being such an encourager. That's really a gift. Thank you for your tender heart towards the Lord. I really needed that. You know, that's the power of our words. When we can see each other by the Spirit, and even if something comes out twisted, because sometimes we might know a gift by the, the negative side of it, okay? When you, when you walk in this long enough, sometimes I've, I've learned a person's gift because I see the counter to it, but I realize it's an opportunity to call out the best, to help them to know that's a gift you have. You are a gift to the body of Christ. And man, what, we all need that encouragement to be reminded, you know, of who we are. So you'll see in here, as a follow-up to this, I wanted to point out some documents because I've only just touched the surface. You can even go online and find much more detailed teachings on each one of these gifts. But if you go to our website and go to sermons, because every week, you know, we make the sermon available and I think by tomorrow, this message will, will be up. But there's two documents. One is a detailed outline of all these gifts with all the characteristics and, and much of what I've given you today. And then there's a questionnaire. Actually, there's two of them in here. 
And this is just a fun kind of way, if this is totally new to you, and it's like, how do I even get started? You can fill out this questionnaire, and then we did two of them. That way it's not just one that you're going off, but you can kind of compare the two. And it's not a foolproof like, okay, you are a teacher, you are whatever. It just kind of gets you started in thinking, you know, Lord, how do I think? How am I processing things? What, what, are, what grace have you given me? And so if you can do this, do it as husband and wife. Do it as a family. When we did this a couple years ago as a family, it was a huge blessing to us. It was like finally we understood each other in a way we hadn't before. And so you can process it as a family. Pray into it. And as we head into this new year, you know, really determine, I want to be a gift. You know, we just came out of a season of gift giving. Well, you've received, we've all received these wonderful gifts from the Father. And so let's just determine that we want to be an encouragement uh, to one another in that. So I'm just going to have you stand. I'm going to pray for you here uh, as, we, as we close. And then Bobby's going to come up and, and close this out as well. I pray this has been an encouragement to you. Has, has this been the first time any of you have heard this kind of teaching? Just a few of you. Okay. Well, hopefully it's been a refresher and awakened us all again to who the Father is. Father, we just thank you so much. Thank you for the gift that you are to us. Thank you for sending the gift of Jesus to us. Thank you for Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you for these gifts, these graces that you have put upon each one of us. And Lord, I pray that even as uh, I shared today, that you would take these seeds and you would water them in the days ahead. That each one who is watching and listening would awaken to the gift that they are to those around them. Where the enemy has tried to condemn or confuse. Lord, I just break off any counter uh, voices that are trying to rob them of this gift. And that they can see this gift in the light of your glory and grace. Father, I also pray just for a grace to see others in a new light. Especially those that we might be... Uh, we don't know how to relate to them. Maybe there's some relational conflict that, Lord, you would open our eyes to see the gift that they operate in, that we might actually bless them instead of complain about them. And, Father, it's our heart's desire that as we walk in this together, that just as your word states, that we would build each other up in love. So just fill us with that love, God. Just as I started out, awaken us to that love that love that you have for us, the love for one another, the Lord, it really would come out of that heart. This would not be a burden. It would not be a hard thing, but there would be a grace to just walk in this love that we can fit together and that we would give you all the glory and honor as our Father, as our Lord and Savior, and we'll give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.